Thanks for listening to the Galilee Students Podcast. We exist to help students love God, love others, and serve all. Hey, so for the next few weeks, here's what we're doing. We are doing this. If you go to that next slide, we are just simply walking through some habits of Jesus that would strengthen your relationship with Jesus. So here's what you can do. You can go to the Gospels. Uh, There's four Gospels. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And these are people who were eyewitnesses uh, to Jesus. Like, watch what he did while he was here and reported on that. And so we get to see all these things that Jesus did in his life. And we just said this. If Jesus was about it, then we probably need to be about it. And last week, uh, we we looked at a very countercultural type thing. And it's this thing you probably never heard a sermon talked about where we talk about silence and we talk about solitude. It's one of these habits that Jesus did often. In Luke chapter, in the book of Luke, actually, you'll see nine different times where Jesus goes to, in the Greek, it would be called the Eremos. Uh, it's this wilderness. It's this quiet. It's away from everyone else. And Jesus did this often. Uh, he all, did this very often to recharge, to be with the Father. And we said, hey, if Jesus was about that, then we want to be about that. Last week, we put this 10-minute challenge out. Uh, anybody participate in 10-minute challenge where you just got silent and solitude for 10 minutes? Thank you. That's awesome. I love that you're diving into these. And just, I just want you to know, like maybe the first time, it's not going to be this, this thing. But as we continue to, to go back to the quiet, that's when the relationship really begins to, to grow. And we live in this loud world where, man, silence is, is such a powerful thing. And, man, I, I thank you guys for taking time. I know the Lord loves when you take time for him. And this week we're going to look at the next habit of Jesus. And this habit of Jesus that we're going to look at, like I said, last week we looked at silence and solitude. This week we are simply looking at this. We are looking at Bible intake. Like how many times you get into God's Word. Now, this is something you hear a lot about at church, right? Preachers, every single message, every message, you know, you hear the preacher say, uh, man, you need to be in the Bible. Have you read in your Bible? And, and many times you, you feel like it's a guilt trip. And man, I, my prayer and hope is that tonight does not feel like a guilt trip. That, that is not what I want to do tonight. If you walk out of here tonight and you're like, well, man, he just slapped me around. Like, I, I really know, I, man, I should be in the Bible. Like, that's not what we want to do tonight. My hope and prayer is this, that it's not a guilt trip, that it's a get-to trip. Like, it's one of these things that you get to interact and read about the God of the universe, all right? The God who created everything, the God who sent his only son, Jesus, to die for your sins. Like, hopefully, it's not a guilt trip tonight. It's a something that you get to do. So here's what we know from Jesus. We know that Jesus had this habit of knowing the Bible. It's obviously something that he was in often. Like he, he knew the Bible. He, he knew it backwards and forwards. And if you ever read through the scriptures, you'll see that Jesus over and over again would quote the Old Testament. Somebody would say something. He'd be like, bam, what about this? Uh, he would bring up stories from the Old Testament like he knew it. We see him often. He is in the synagogue. It would be the church, and he's in there often. Sometimes he's teaching. Sometimes, as he's a younger man, he's sitting under teaching. Like, it's just one of those things. He knew the Bible really, really, really well. Over and over again in the Gospels, you'll see him saying, hey, I, I know the Bible. And he quotes it verbatim, uh, Psalms, all over the place. He, he, all these different things that he talks about. In Jesus' everyday life, the Bible was a part of it. He knew the Bible intimately. We even see, one of the the great things I see is is in one of his moments, his greatest trial, 
when he's in the, the wilderness for 40 days and Satan comes to tempt him, what's he go to for his strength? What's he combat Satan with? He drops scripture on. That, that's what he goes to. That's, that's where strength is found. He goes to the Bible and he, he just simply does. Now, now, here's what I know about God's word. Sometimes nowadays we're really afraid of it. There's a lot of people who try to discredit it, but it's standing the test of time. All kinds of scholars coming after it, all kinds of things, but it continues to stand on its own two feet. And, and, and Satan loves to attack it. I love this quote from uh, J.I. Packer. He says this, if I were the devil, one of my first aims would be to stop folks from digging into the Bible. And I'd do all I could to surround it with spiritual equivalent of hills and thorns and hedges and traps, just to frighten people off. At all costs, I would want to keep them from using their minds in a disciplined way to get the measure of its message. And I think that's what Satan's done, right? He said, hey, it's, so, it's an old school book. You're not going to understand it. There's nothing in there for you. He loves to give us these lies when there's all kinds of guidance and things that would, would bring us wisdom, that would help us walk through life so much better if we just know his word. Here's the thing. As we talk about these habits of Jesus, I believe this. There's no habit of Jesus more important than the intake of God's word. And I don't believe any healthy Christian, if you're going to call yourself a Christian, can go without it. Like, it's really hard to call yourself a Christian and not be in God's Word. It just, it just does not add up. It doesn't do that very well. Because here's the thing. It's, it's the most transforming habit that Jesus gave us that's available to us. And it's also the most broadest. Like, there's a lot of different ways to interact with God's Word. It's kind of like this. Like, if you've ever looked at a college like or a university, actually, a university usually has this. Like, even the University of Georgia has, University of Georgia has 19 sub-colleges in it. I don't know if you know that or not. Like, there's, this, there's all kinds of colleges, like a, a College of Agricultural and Environmental Sciences or the College of Engineering, College of Environment, Design, Terry College of Business, College of Pharmacy, College of Public and Health, 19 different ways. There's a lot of different ways to get a degree from UGA on your wall. It's to go into one of those colleges. There's many ways, same way when it comes to the Bible, to intake the Bible. And the first one is what you're doing right now. Uh, the first way that you can interact with the Bible, the, 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 the different types of, of Bible intake, there is, the first one is this, it's hearing God's word. And that's what you're doing here tonight. Anytime you come here, we are going to open God's word and you're going to hear it. We're going to read from scripture tonight. It's one of those things. It's one way you can intake the Bible is by coming on Wednesday nights, coming on Sundays. It's just one way you can intake and have and be part. It's the easiest way to have some Bible intake. It says this in Luke 28. I don't have it up there, but I want you to listen to it. It says, Blessed, rather, are those who hear the word of God and obey it. I mean, there's a lot of ways to intake the Bible. If you have that book there, they're on the, one of the back pages that we put in this, this time, there's a, a tool in there. One of them's called, it's a one way I like to intake the Bible. It's this app called Streetlights. It's totally free. And it's just where people have recorded the Bible and they put like a little urban flair, uh, sometimes a, a little uh, like this track behind it. So somebody's reading God's word and there's like this little beat that's going on behind it. And it's just this cool way. A lot of times in the morning when I'm getting dressed, sometimes when I'm 
that I'll be preaching through a book of the Bible. I'll just hit it on, and I'll just, like, as I'm doing my day, I'm intaking God's Word and listening to what it says, and sometimes it's different when you hear it than when you read it, and there's just a lot of different ways. I mean, Bible intake nowadays, there's all kinds of, of podcasts, and there's all kinds of YouTube. There's all kinds of radio show, shows. There's all kinds of, of, of that, and the cool thing is anywhere and everywhere now, you can have Bible intake. On your phone, you can download it. Like, it's anywhere you go, you, you can do that. If you are doing homework, you can have Bible intake. If you're going out for a walk or a run, you can do that if you're working out. Uh, all the time. When I go running, uh, it, like this morning I went running and I didn't listen to anything today. I was kind of doing this silence and solitude part of my run, which was not as fun. And I ran even slower because I didn't have it. Usually when I run, I put a sermon on, and I'm listening to God's word as I run. Because here's what it does. It gets me thinking about God, and it also gets me to think about, forget about how horrible this thing is that I'm doing right now. This is horrible. Can please something else good? And it just gets my mind off of it. And I hear all these guys who are these awesome preachers, and I'm like, man, he really, and I, it, it just, it's good for my soul. Because here's what happens. Many times I'm up here doing this all the time. But you know what I also need? I also need to hear God's word, and not just from this mouth. I need to sit under teaching. I need to hear the Bible. It's just what we need to do. Uh, we're even right now, if you ever miss a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning, we have started to record, and it's on your little list of tools there. Like, if you ever uh, want to listen, if you miss, like, you can listen to tonight's sermon again if you want to put you to sleep tonight or whatever you need it for. Like, it's there if you want to interact with it. If you have sports and if you have band, if you have whatever it may be, you can still hear what's going on and still have that intake that we need. 1 Timothy 4.13, uh, I have this one. It says, until I come, devote yourselves to the public reading of Scripture, and to preaching and teaching. Like one of the things we're supposed to devote ourselves to, he talks about in 1 Timothy, are these things. And you guys tonight are devoting, like you're here tonight to devote yourself for that reason. And hearing God's Word is not, it's not passive, it's, it's, a, it's an active thing. Some of you right now, you're, you're actively, like the intake, you're, you're writing notes down. And I love that because that's the same thing I do. When I sit down and I listen to Nick preach on a Sunday morning, or when I go to Deeper Life, or when I go away uh, to TCTC or wherever it may be, I have a journal in front of me because here's what happens. If I don't write something down, my mind will go to 80 different things, and it really helps me become a, a, not a passive listener, but an active listener. And I love to take notes, and I love to do that because it makes me, if I want to go back to it, I can do that. Man, I just want to encourage you, whenever someone is teaching God's Word, would you lean in? Would you lean in? Bible intake is, is so, so important. It's a habit that Jesus over and over did. The, the second one is this, and it's one that we uh, you hear about a lot uh, from a lot of times in sermons and a lot of times people talking to you about it. It's just one of those things. Uh, it's reading God's Word. I don't think us having a Bible is a real problem right now. 92% of American households have a Bible. Uh, actually, the average household has four Bibles. Um, nowadays, you can download it for free. One of the tools we put there uh, in your, your notebook this week is a, an app called the YouVersion Bible app that's crazy full of all these amazing reading plans. It's really cool if you get some of your friends with you because you can pick a reading plan and then you can pick your friends to read with you. And then at the end of the day, it puts this little box at the bottom, and you can kind of be like, man, I really like the part where it talked about courage. 
and then you get to see what your friend wrote. Like it, when, when, the, when they write something, it kind of gives you a notification. It's so cool to walk through things like that. Man, get some of your friends together if you have trouble reading God's word and, and go through a plan together. It's, it's a really, really cool thing. And technology is crazy cool now that we can do that. It's just so, so great. I, I want to talk real quick. And I, I read this study this week. I think I was coming over to get you. Scared there. You're listening. I saw you listening. Uh, here's, here's, I read this article that blew my mind this week. And it blew my mind and said, man, that, the Bible is just really, really important. Reading God's word. So this, uh, they did a study. They did people from 8 to 80 years old. Uh, a study. And they did a study of over 40,000 people. And this study, if you want to write it down, I think I got it. Go ahead to that next slide. It's called The Power of Four. Power of Four, okay? Uh, it's not just something you do in the fourth quarter at, at a high school football game, which you can do and which everybody does. You know, you pull up the four. It's just what you do. I, I want to talk to you really quickly. So what this study, it, it blew my mind because of this. The study indicated this. We're going to get a little graph going here. I'm not going to make you do any math. I'm only going to make you count the four. Okay? Deal? We can stay on one hand. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, I can't count much higher than that. So here's the thing. Uh, one, two... Three, four. All right? So here's what happened. This study indicated that people who engaged in Scripture one time a week, this is like your activity level, uh, your spirituality level, let's say, um, their spirituality level is nothing to, to brag about, right? One time a week? the Bible, hearing God's word, maybe that's just going to church, it wasn't that big of a deal. The, the, the study continued on, and it looked at another one, and it, uh, two times a week, and it was not, it was just a little above one, even three was not even that big of a deal. But then in this study, something crazy happens, like there's really a small effect on key areas of people's lives, like how they lived their life, little to no effect. One day in God's word, two days a little more, three days like the same as two. There's this crazy thing that happened, like little life change when it comes to three. There's this crazy thing that happened. There's this eye-opener that happened when people engaged with the Bible four times. For some reason in this study, the more people would interact with God's word, the more their life changed. Like the, in a couple days, it wasn't good. But man, if you get up to four, that's like over half of the week. And the study doesn't go into five or anything like that, but it just this huge jump is when you get four times in God's word every single week, like these, these crazy, crazy things happen. Like these effects spiked in an astounding way. Like go ahead to this next slide because here's what the research says. This is people who have been in God's word Four times during the week. The power of four. Four times in God's word. Here's what happened. Uh, these people reported, these people that got to four days in God's word uh, during those weeks, they felt a drop of 30% in loneliness. 
Maybe you're, you're a person in this life and you're like, man, I feel so lonely. Maybe your thing that would really help you, that would drop that a little bit. I'm not saying it's going to go away altogether. What if you would try just getting in God's word and seeing if that loneliness, when you're reminded of who God is over and over and over again. I mean, these stats, blew my anger is dropping. Bitterness goes down. Alcoholism drops to 57. Sex outside of marriage drops to 68. Feeling spiritually stagnant, like, man, I'm not growing. I don't feel like Jesus is even real. Like, like it, it drops 60%. Viewing pornography drops 61% when you're in God's word and reminded who he is and who, how he loves you. It, it changes your life. When you open that word and you're, you're living some of those other ways, it just you realize that, man, that does not match up. But the thing I love is the, the last two. When you're in God's word, like the power of four, four times, sharing your faith jumps, jumps 200%. Why? Because Jesus is on the forefront of your mind. Like he's there. You know, look, discipling others jumps 230% when we're simply in God's word four times a day. The findings hammer home this truth that there is a profound difference when people engage in God's word and they don't just play around with it, that they're about it. They are shooting for the four. They're shooting for every day to be in God's word. The drat is extremely revealing. There's another study with this study, and this study shows that the best spiritually-based predictor from 13 to 17-year-olds, so that's a lot of you in here. Go ahead to this next slide. So here what they're looking at is the spiritual health among young adults. This would be people 18 to 30, young adults. And what they found is this, that uh, that top one says this, a child, that means someone under 17, who read the Bible while growing up, regularly read the Bible growing up. The positive predictor of what we find here, the spiritual health among young adults, beats everything else on the chart. The future predictor of how you're going to be spiritually many times hinges on how many times we, we get into God's word. The power of God's word is crazy, and his word is effective, and it's living, and it's active. What you do now in high school, in a middle school, spiritually, what you do now to get into God's word has an effect for the rest of our lives. Man, I'm telling you, don't wait till you're 30 to be like, man, I, I guess I should find out who, who this Jesus is. Man, get on the train early and, man, continue to be in God's word because good things happen. It, it changes. We looked at it, marriages and it changes mental things and it changes anger and it changes all kinds of things if we would just be in God's word. I want to encourage you, man, the power of four. It's not even seven. It's just the power of four of uh, of over half of the week being in God's Word. I want to encourage you to do that. Last one, and we're going to get some practical things. Last thing, uh, the third thing is this. The third way that you can uh, have Bible intake is this. It's, it's just simply studying God's Word. And many times studying God's Word is only this. It's grabbing a, a, a notebook or a journal and a pencil and a Bible. That can turn it into Bible study. 
is simply having something to write with can turn it into just reading God's word into something that we're interacting with a little more. I would call it this. I like to use this illustration of a motorboat. You know, it's really fast and it's really speedy. And many times that's how we read the Bible. It's just like, got my chapter done, got my reading done. But here's what study is. It's more like a glass bottom boat. If you've ever been on a glass bottom boat, they, they go really crazy slow. Because they want you, as you go through the river or through the, the coral, they want you to be able to see what's below. That's what studying the God's word is like. It's like you slow it down so you can see the beauty that is all around you. In the Old Testament, we see Ezra. Ezra 7.10 uh, says this. Ezra 7.10 says, For Ezra has devoted himself to the study and observance of the law of the Lord and to teaching its degrees and it's the law. He, he devoted himself to the study to observe God's laws. I love this verse in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 4. It's going to be the last verse we look at tonight. Uh, you'll look at another couple of verses in your uh, groups tonight. But here's what it says. When you come, this is Timothy talking. Bring the cloak that I, I'm sorry, this is Paul talking. When you come, bring the cloak that I left in Carpus at Troas and my scrolls especially the parchments. Why does he ask for his jacket? Because he's in, locked up in a prison. And it's cold. And here's what he tells the people. I need you to grab my jacket. I need you to grab my Bible. Just, just grab my, like the things are important. I need you to grab my jacket. I need you to grab my Bible. Translation is this. Even though Paul wrote parts of the Bible, even though he had already seen Jesus on the road to Damascus with this bright light, even though he had seen miracles, even though he has done all kinds of things, he still wants God's word near him. Like, bring those things here. So here, I need you to have, if you have your book, I need you to open that up. We're just going to look real quick as we land the plane. And here's the thing. Uh, these are things that you can do. These are things that can change your spiritual life if you will just lean in and look at them. And I gave you, the, I think there's seven different practical ways to study the Bible. Now, here's the thing. A lot of adults don't even know what to do when it comes to studying the Bible. All they know to do, and it's a great thing to do, is to read it and to have a reading plan, and that's really good thing to do, but I'm telling you, there's some deeper end stuff if we would learn to interact with God's Word. Sometimes when we're just reading through a reading plan, it gets really boring and really mundane. I'm just going to be honest with you. So what I like to do is I like to change it up, and I like to do different things, because I like to interact with God in, in different ways in different times of my life. So here's the thing. Uh, the first one is called the REAP method. It's an acrostic, and you can see what that stands for. The first one, you put an R on your paper, and you write down this. This is uh, what you're reading, the passage that you're reading. The next one is E for examine. And you just spend some time reflecting and writing what you've read. Ask yourself a couple questions. What's going on in this passage? The next one's application. Like, what can I, what is this passage trying to tell me? And you can see those questions are right here that can lead you right through these, uh, right here. The last one is pray, like pray through the passage in your application. Uh, the next one we want to talk about tonight, we're going to, like I said, we're not going to spend a lot of time on these because I know you can read, and these are things you can take home uh, this week or when we're done with this series. This is yours to keep. This could be something that could really, really spring forward some spiritual things in your life. Six big questions, and these are all questions you can ask. Is there an example I need to follow? Is there a sin I need to confess? Is there a promise or truth in this scripture that I need to trust in? 
In this section of scripture I'm looking at, is there a challenge I need to adopt? And so on. Like, oh, it's just things you can look at. The next one is called meeting Jesus. Meeting Jesus is one you're going to do in your life groups here in a little bit. It's just what you're going to look at a section of scripture. You're going to ask these questions about Jesus. Where was he? Who was he talking to? Summarize what he, what he said. What do others in the passage say about Jesus? And the last one is, how do they respond to Jesus and how should I? Just really looking at who Jesus is. Very simple. The, last, the second one is really short and sweet. It's listening and doing. You read a section of scripture and it, you ask this. What's God trying to tell me in this passage? Listening. What's he trying to tell me? Second part is, what am I going to do about it? What am I going to do because of what I just read? The next one is one, another one you're going to practice in your life groups tonight, and it's this Proverbs symbol method. This is what I love to do. My Bible, uh, my Proverbs is full of little symbols. I love Proverbs because I, I feel many times like I'm a big, dumb animal, and I really need some wisdom in my life. Where do I go? I go to God's Word. All the time people call up and they're like, hey, I'm really having a problem with this. Uh, what do I do when I'm having a problem with my mouth? And really quickly I can go to my Proverbs in my Bible and I have, like, next to the ones that talk about the tongue or the mouth, like I have lips or a little tongue drawn next to those all over the place. All the ones that talk about people being a fool, I wrote the word foo, like F-O. The ones that talk about wisdom, I put a big W next to them. The ones that talk about pride, I put a number one next to them. And I just take Proverbs one by one. And man, as I read that and I go back through it, I can be like, okay, this one's about pride. I better listen to this one because I really have a problem with that. Yeah, I haven't been wanting to watch my mouth. Like all these, the ones that talk about money, I put dollar signs next to it. The ones that talk about truth, I put a, a T next to it. The ones that talk about work, I draw a little tiny shovel next to in my Bible. And man, it's so cool to go back and walk through those things. Another way, if you want to interact with God's word, it's slowing down. It's reading what in the world is this verse in Proverbs trying to tell me? What wisdom can I gain from? It's not a motorboat. It is a glass bottom boat, and you're slowing it down and finding the truth for your life. Uh, next page, uh, this is some of my own personal artwork. Uh, you can frame this when you get home. It's a really cool one for people who are artists. I'm really not an artist. I like to play one on TV sometimes, but I'm not an artist. Uh, it's called typography. This little drawing here that says joy comes in the morning that I have here that I drew uh, is just simply this. It's Psalms 35. And I said, okay, how can I graphically, artistically, draw this verse? And you know what happens as you're working, as you're getting switched into a different color, or you're switching to a different pen, or you're switching this, the whole time as I'm drawing this stupid chicken and this, this uh, you know, um, sunrise, I am thinking about this verse. And I don't just motor through the verse. Now it is a crazy slow glass bottom boat where I'm taking my time and saying okay uh, even though whatever I'm going through right now you know what joy is going to come in the morning it may not be tomorrow morning but there'll be a day when I go to heaven and I wake up and I never go back to sleep. like there's going to be a day when ultimate joy is going to come and it puts my mind there and it slows me down so I'm not just trying to check the box off and do that man I'd love for you to do that the next one is one it's called write out the word word for word and you do that you take a book of the Bible that you like and you chunk it up. All right, I'm going to get this little subversion. I'm going to get these five verses. And you write that verse, those verses out word for word. 
word for word. I think I'm up to seven books of the Bible that I've written out word for word. Last year, it took me uh, about seven months because I really took it slow. I wrote out the entire book of John is in my journal. I just stopped and I took my time and I said, I'm going to slow it down and I'm going to read this word for word. And I just, because sometimes I just, uh, my, my time when I sit down with the Bible, I have to switch it up. Word for word. Someday my grandkids are going to find my box of journals. I think it'd be so cool when they look, man, look at Grandpa. Like he wrote out the entire book of John. That's, that is a cool thing. Like hopefully they see that and they're like, man, the Bible must have some changing power in our lives. The Bible must do something. The Bible must be active and living if he would take that much time to, to do that. Like, man, here's my hope is that you will take this thing, these different methods, and you'll find one and you'll try them out and you'll say, you know what, that one didn't work, but I'm going to give this other one a try. Or maybe you're an artist and you're going to give that one a try. Like, you would just simply do that and lean in and be a part of that. I want to remind you of uh, a couple things. It's what we talked about the first week. That's what we talked about starting tonight. This is not a guilt trip. This is not a guilt trip. If you've not been in the Word, I don't want you to feel bad. That's not what tonight is about. It's about this, that you can have time with God if you'll make that time, if you'll clear the schedule a little bit. It's not a transaction. Remember we talked about that? It's not a transaction. You okay back there? Okay, thank you. Um, it's not this transaction. Shh. It's not this transaction where God's up in heaven like, well, you better pay me. Brian, you better be in God's word today. Like, you owe me this, that you have to be in God's word. That's not what it's about. It's not a checklist. Every day I did this, every day I did that. It's a relationship. God has written you a love letter. God has written you this guidebook that changes lives that impacts 13 to 17-year-olds in a really big way if they'll be in God's Word for them. Guilt to, it's a, I get to. Would you lean into God? Jesus knew that this habit was important. He knew the scripture forward and backwards. He could quote it. He, he knew God's word. And man, I want you to know God's word because I know that the power it can have in your life. Lean into God's word. I'm going to pray and we're going to do something really cool for about 20 minutes. And then we're going to go to our groups. So uh, let's pray and uh, we'll move on to what's next. God, thanks for tonight. Thanks for the challenge of your word. I pray tonight that uh, tonight is not a guilt trip. It's a just, man, I've realized the power of God's word and I need to be in it. God, would you help us to realize how much you want to guide our lives? That you're not trying to ruin our fun. You are not trying to ruin our lives. You're trying to make them better. You're trying to give us some, some, some guideposts. You're trying to give us some guardrails to make sure we stay safe. God, I pray these young people and even the adults here tonight would just realize the power that is in your word when we hear it and when we read it and when we study your word, that there's power because your word, it says in the Bible, is living and it's active. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the transformation it can bring. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.